Eden Island Church. Pastor Rusty Martin back with you, teaching on the subject of sanctification. We're going to wind this up tonight and tomorrow night. And then next week, we're going to begin a teaching or a series on God's protection in the dangerous hour. You're going to want to hear that. You're going to get it into your spirit because I guarantee you this is a day and hour in which we need to walk in the protection of a mighty God. Uh, here in the book of Daniel, I, 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 I thought about and thought about my, uh, my years of studying the Word of God and I prayed. I said, Lord, I really need something to conclude this, you know, a couple of teachings to conclude this. And I need an illustration out of the Word of God of what sanctification looks like and how it works. And you know, the Lord, He, he quickened my spirit and said, you go to Daniel and study these three men, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, now these three men, uh, of course, you know, con con combined with Daniel, they were uh, the, the main players in the book of Daniel. Uh, but these four men, but three in this particular story were were captives they were they were uh, I wouldn't want to call them prisoners of war but they were people that were taken a uh, captive uh, out of the nation of Israel and brought in uh, you know to a foreign land with a with a foreign leader Nebuchadnezzar and uh, and made uh, a great impact upon that nation they uh, they uh, refused to eat the king's meat they refused to be taught by the king's uh, uh, teachers, and they, they ended up head and shoulders above their peers. And they were given positions uh, in the government and were used by Nebuchadnezzar to draw wisdom from, and he knew it was the wisdom of God. But you know, anytime uh, you, you get mixed up with the world, uh, you're always going to be challenged in your faith. And uh, I guarantee you, this is one of the greatest challenges in the, in the Word of God. Not only that, it's also a proof of the work of sanctification or the willingness of these three men to set themselves apart from all of what was going on in that, in that wild and crazy time and to just be God's kids, be God's servants and allow themselves to be sanctified from the world in that day and it saved their lives, empowered and promoted them. Always remember this about sanctification. There are several different works we can talk about that sanctification will produce in your life, but the main ones are this. Sanctification will protect you and sanctification will promote you. Uh, these are the main, uh, how can I say it, the main revelations of this story is the protection of these three Hebrew children and the promotion. Because after all this was over, they didn't get, they didn't get thrown in prison or something. They got promoted in, in the kingdom. Now notice, I'm going to just kind of read and I'll, I'll try to just, you know, not get too, uh, uh, not get too drawn out in it. But we're going to get it done here in a couple of, in a couple of nights. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 1 of, 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 of chapter 3, the book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof was six cubits. So I did a little study on this. He made an image of himself of gold that was 90 feet tall by nine feet wide. <laughs> That's a three-story building. Uh, man, this is a big old honking chunk of gold. And his purpose was, now notice this. He says, uh, and he set it up in the plain of Dora, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king went to gather together the princes and governors and captains and judges and treasurers and counselors and sheriffs and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And it talked about all the different governors and all the different people that came. Verse 5 says that at that time, uh, it talks about how they were going to sound a trumpet. They were going to make all this noise with these musical in instruments. It said, then a herald would cry out 
Uh, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and language, that at the time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, uh, the sackbut, the, uh, the uh, psaltery, uh, du the duclamer, and all kinds of music. Now notice this, that you fall down and worship the image that Nebuchadnezzar hath set up. And then he says this. He says, And whosoever falleth not down and worship the same hour shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the, the sound, and it names all the musical instruments, that all the people and all the nations and all the language fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, here's the deal. He builds this huge image, this big old uh, 90 foot tall by 9 feet wide image. And he says this. Now, he says, now listen, what I want you to do, when all these musicians begin to play all these musical instruments, I want you to bow down and worship. Now, Here's something that I, I don't want to get off into what I'm teaching on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings. But worship is a real issue in the spirit realm. Worship does so many things. Worship unlocks so many things. There are people that worship God, worship you know, all that God is doing, and, and just worship the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people that worship the devil, that literally worship the devil. What are they doing? They're trying to unlock these different abilities is what they're doing. By worshiping this, this, this image, in, in reality, you're worshiping Nebuchadnezzar. You're worshiping the king. He's wanting the same thing that belongs to deity, that belongs to God. And he says, now listen, it's just not a little minor thing. If you do not do this, then what's going to happen to you is we're going to take you and we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. So he set up a law that was a, it was a great threat to your life that if you did not worship this image. Now notice this. It says in verse 8, it says, Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Talking about the Jews, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, They spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound and it names the musical instruments, they shall fall down and worship the golden image, that whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth, he shall be cast into the midst of a fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Uh-oh. All of a sudden, and you know, that's the way it is. There's always going to be people that, that see the liberty of someone else, and they're going to try to uh, turn it against them. But all of a sudden, they're saying, we found somebody. King Nebuchadnezzar, here in Babylon, we found somebody not worshiping the image. It says in verse 13, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage, it incited him. Let me say something to you. This, this, may, uh, this may help you understand some things going on in your own life. God is worthy of your worship. God is your creator. God is your protector. God is your all in all. The Bible says we are complete in Him, talking about in Christ. Uh, the Bible says in Him we live and move and have our being. He is literally the breath in our lungs. He is the force that causes our minds to be able to think and rationalize. He is life. He is light. He is our all in all. And let me just say this. He is worthy of your worship. But there is an entity in this earth that used to know the ecstasy, the complete overwhelming pleasure of what it was like to worship the Almighty God. He has lost that privilege. He has lost that right. 
And what he is trying to do is he's trying to get people to do the same thing to him that they do to God. He wants them to worship him. It's really weird. I've never studied the occult. I, I don't study things that could be harmful to me. And I don't uh, advise you to. But I've seen a, a couple of movies and, you know, you, you see things on the news and different things like that. Satanic cults and all this kind of stuff and all, uh, all kinds of these things they say that is going on. There's nothing pretty about it. There's nothing, nothing wholesome about it. Uh, there's nothing sanctified about it. It's just a bunch of foolishness is all, all that it is. And, and there's all kinds of destruction. They talk about human sacrifice. They talk about drinking blood. I mean, who wants to do that? Who wants to worship a loser? But I'm telling you, it enrages Satan when God's people worship God. That's why he has done in religion everything he can do to suppress our worship. Many churches today, they don't allow you to shout, run, dance, lift your hands, glorify God. They don't believe in the power of God, gifts of the Spirit. They don't believe in an act of God. And their worship is so restricted. But you know, here at Island Church, we're doing everything we can do to press in to worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, we just had some services this week. We just had a Mission Sunday, so we did three services with our communion service. And oh, there was such a presence. There was such, it was just so refreshing. The refreshing and the reviving of God was in our midst. It was so powerful. If you missed it, come back to church, start experiencing it again. But as a church, we were worshiping. As a church, we were glorifying God. And because of it, God shows up. God is always in the midst of true worship. But when we worship God, we are taking the place of what Lucifer used to be. That enrages him. That's why he attacks us many times. That's why he comes against our minds many times. He sees us in that posture of worship. And he wants to punish us because of our worship to God. But the good news is, he's a loser. We have authority over him. He cannot punish us. And we as God's people are free to worship God any way we can to get God into, into his presence. So here we are. Here's our, our three Hebrew children. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar, he's in his rage, he's in his fury, he commanded to bring them uh, uh, there to him, and they brought them in before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them and says, is it true? And he says that, uh, that you're not serving my gods nor worshiping the golden image which I set up. And, and, and they, they, they said, well, if you be ready, uh, that at that time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the sackbite, he's given them a second chance. I'm going to do it again, fall down and worship the image which I've made. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast that same hour into the midst of a burning fire and fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? So there goes the challenge. He says, okay, and we're going to do it again. Maybe you just made a mistake. Maybe you were late to the meeting. But we're going to sound all the instruments again. Here's your chance to fall down and worship God. And if you don't, we're going to heat up the furnace. We're going to throw you in. And who is your God? See, they had conquered Israel. So they thought they had conquered Israel's God. Doesn't matter. You can conquer Israel, you can conquer the church, you can conquer anything you want to conquer, but you never will conquer God because God is Lord of all. We'll pick this up tomorrow night and we'll find out what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God bless you. Tune in tomorrow and we'll finish this up.